You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle, and uh, we're here to uh, do a mini-sode, right? Yeah, mini-sode. We haven't done one of these in a really, really long time. No, we used to do them alone, so this is nice to be yeah, sitting together true. and no, do yeah. it. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, in this episode, we are discussing briefly the movie Kimmy. Uh, you can catch it currently on HBO Max. I'm not sure how long it's going to stay there for. I don't know. It looks like it's a Max it, film. so it I think like it is Warner Media, so there for maybe, good. yeah. I think, I think so. it might be a Max, like an HBO Max film, so it okay. may be on it. Maybe indefinitely, one of their indefinite, like hmm. homemade originals. That's great, cool. So yeah, so check Kimmy. There is going to be some spoilers about that uh, that movie in this discussion. Uh, but first, let's get to our first segment here. What have you been watching, John? So, uh, as we said in the last podcast, my brother had been over, and then my daughter had been living in my house for a week. And aside yeah. from watching some professional wrestling with my daughter, <laughs> uh, I. Uh, I'm finishing up watching The Wire uh, again. I have never watched The Wire. I'm just going to say... It's, I've been told to watch The Wire multiple times by multiple people. Well, I'm going to tell you to watch it again. Okay, great. Um, and the uh, I'm just going to reference the fifth season. At some point, maybe we talk about The Wonderful. Wire in more detail. Yeah. I can't tell you how good the writing is in this show and how good the respect for character is. Yeah. And how fatalistic the story is in its sort of sense of what it means to live in an urban community. But the acting is mm. the acting is fantastic. Yeah. And the acting isn't better than the writing. Huh. Like it's this crazy thing. And watching finishing up the last episode last night, uh, I just my mouth was agape at wow. how they tied together some very complex things, had me again having empathy for characters I should never have empathy for. Right. And um experiencing being able to both enjoy it emotionally and the craft like yeah the cra and i'm a huge deadwood fan and i'm a huge fan of oz and all of these old like classic hbo pieces and band of brothers which i think is spellbinding yeah and i think this may be the best television series i've ever seen really it is that that's a big statement good yeah. and there's even moments in season five where you're like I don't know how this can pop. This feels ridiculous, impossible, mm. and it lands in the end, and everything comes Jeez. together. And that kind of writing—how many seasons are there? Is there's five. There's five, and okay. essentially each season deals with—I want to say—deals with a different portion of culture outside of the police. So it's like it's all police-driven. And we have you know the the drug dealing in the first season that runs through everything, but ones about the ports, and ones about journalism, and ones about mm. education. And we take deep dives into the cultural institutions and government, the cultural institutions that exist in uh, uh, in America and in urban centers and, and the impact of them. And yeah. it's relentlessly fantastic. And if you watch it from start to finish, the last season is full of not fan service, appropriate conclusions and resolutions for every single character jeez when i say every single character there are characters who are secondary players who have moments you see in that in the last episode where you feel like you have resolution with them wow just astounding lore is this is this a uh, a series that was written in full before it was released Did i can't imagine it was written in uh, before it was released. I don't know. But I can't imagine. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if it could have been plotted out that way because right. it's responding to things in the world. Really? But um, 
it certainly once you get to season two so no, once you get to season three, they must have arced out the rest if they hadn't already because yeah. they, they're taking what they have in the first two seasons and they're continuing to make sure there's signposts throughout the rest huh. of it. And the seasons stand on their own. Yeah. It, isn't, it isn't like like um, uh, like Lost where it's like supposed to be one big arc. Okay. There is a big arc. but So is it like an anthology sort of thing? No, or? no. Okay. We're following... You're following specific characters throughout. Yeah, a group of a very, very large group of characters. I mean, it also couldn't be made today because the cast is too big. Right. Cast. I mean, when they roll the credits, there's so many freaking actors <laughs> in the opening credits, uh, and the same thing applies like to Oz. Is it's just a lot. So yeah, I, I've oh, been watching The cool. Wire. I recommend anyone who hasn't, and if you're young, you may not have because it's old HBO and it plays like it's today. And it, yeah. every problem it presents in 2004, five, six, whatever is a problem we are still dealing with today. Hmm. They forecast the uh, media issues around Trump. They forecast them, it's all present. The governmental issues, we it's unbelievable. Wild, this is on HBO, how many episodes per season? Uh, I want to, uh, it's around 11, 10, 11, 10, 11, 12. HBO does this like around 10 most yeah, of the time. Yeah, so um, you're looking at, you know, 50, 60 hours of viewing. Okay, yeah. Uh, so it's a big commitment, yeah, yeah. but because it's in seasons, you could easily season it for yourselves and right. do, uh, over a couple of months, do a season or even over a month, do a season instead of binging it. I don't right. think it's a binge worthy show okay? because I do think you would lose a ton of complexity if you binged it and didn't have the ability to reflect on what you'd seen. So what, what do you think? Like watch a few episodes? I would watch no more than two. Yeah. Take a day. No more than two, one, two. Uh, it for me, it's a one show a day for a, a season, and then I stop and I okay. take a break and come back. Yeah, yeah. So you're so you're yeah. So you're essentially you're watching a season in like a two week time period. Or right. Something. Take a little break. And come next back to season, the next two one. Right. Weeks, mm-hmm. next season. Great. Cool. How about you? Uh, I'm I I am uh, not watching anything near as good as The Wire. That's for sure. Um, I mean, you're just taking my word for it, but okay. Well, like taking your word for it, I'm also taking literally everyone else's word right, for it okay. who has seen The Wire and also has t- told me that this is probably the greatest show ever made. Yeah. And, so yeah. you're not the only one, that's for sure. Um, other than continuing to watch the Clone Wars animated series, which I think does a much better job than any of the prequel movies at setting up the original trilogy uh, and provides some uh, great uh, you know, background into character relationships and character development for Anakin and Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan and Ahsoka and why Anakin fell to the dark side and all these things. You can see clear wedges being driven in. Um, So other than watching that sort of thing and that stuff, uh, I watched Red Notice not too long ago. This movie is complete and utter trash. I may have talked about this on another another podcast episode, but uh, yeah, this movie's not good. (laughs) It's fun, but it's not good. Um, The final 40 minutes are actually pretty decent, but the, everything just feels really cheap. Um, it feels like a movie that like could have been written by The Rock and Ryan Reynolds together in a drunk <laughs> bar somewhere, and they just like didn't write anything except for like the actions that might happen. It's just not good. It's just not good. It's it's worth it if you were to like had nothing else to watch at all, and you didn't care, and you want some background noise, and you wanted to oogle at The Rock's pecs or something. <laughs> like that's fine. Uh, but yeah, it's just not that, that so great of a movie. How I, does it rate against Jungle Cruise? Let's just throw it up. Oh, that's a Jungle great Cruise. question. They're both bad. <laughs> I, 
I don't know how to. I actually, I think Jungle Cruise is a better movie. Okay. Jungle Cruise is definitely a better movie, and that's only because Emily Blunt's in it. I, I think you could safely say that. Yeah. And uh, what's his name? Who plays the supporting character? Is pretty funny. Yes, Jack, what Jack Whitehall or something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. something like that, right? Um, so yeah, I think b- only because Emily Blunt is in that film, it's a better movie. Uh, not that I don't like Gal Gadot, but there's a certain—I don't want to trash anybody, so I'm not going to say anything. But there, it's Emily Blunt is not in Red Notice, and so it's a worse movie. For it. <laughs> uh, all right, great. That's all I'll say. That's I haven't great. been a lot of my time hasn't been spent watching films this last week. It's been spent playing the Uncharted games in preparation for the the movie that's coming out, which will likely have already talked about by the time this episode is released or we are talking about it at this point uh so stay tuned for that review of uncharted um i will say right now i don't have high hopes i hope i'm i hope i'm surprised i hope i'm pleasantly surprised and i'm going in blind so we'll see how that works so great yeah so that's good cool well let's get to our review of kimmy yep good kimmy i'm here Reopen last stream on desktop. I need more kitchen paper. Open yesterday's stream. I'm a voice stream interpreter. I may have heard a crime on one of the streams. The devices pick up lots of things. Just mark this degraded audio and delete it. I am not capable and you know it. I think a woman might need help. How do I find out who she is? You need a device number and the admin code. Will you make me one? This is the last favor, Cotmas. Closure files come to my office. We'll listen to the recordings together. Miss Childs, I have to know what we're dealing with. We're dealing with what sounds like a premeditated murder. How do I know that? Because I just told you. So Kimmy is a HBO production uh, for all practice, practical purposes, directed by Steven Soderbergh. Um, yeah. And um, uh, what did you think? Oh, shoot. Uh, See, gotcha. you started talking before gotcha. I did. Uh, um, technique. I have uh, such a high level of respect and admiration for Steven Soderbergh because the man just pumps out a movie a year. Like if you go back and look at his mm-hmm. uh, I, like IMDb, there's, a, there's at least one movie a year all the way back to... I think like 2016 or something like that. Sure. And then there's three years where he didn't make something. And then ba- and then 2013 and back, it was like a movie a year. Mm-hmm. The man just makes movies and he doesn't care about if they're going to be great, if they're going to be bad, if they're, I mean, he tries to make a movie as best he can, I would imagine, but he doesn't, I, I feel like he doesn't let anything limit him. He's going to, he's going to create whatever he wants to create with whatever tools, tech, crew budget right. is available to him mm-hmm. i mean a couple years ago he made a movie called unsafe completely on an iphone right just That's for right. the heck of it mm-hmm. and i think people like that are really really necessary for the film industry to continue pushing film forward and just making films so i feel like a lazy bum for never getting off my butt to go actually make a short film meanwhile he's making at least one feature a year mm-hmm and this is one of those movies kimmy is one of those movies that isn't great not exactly it's not his best work uh it's not perfect in any way whatsoever but it's a film that made me say 
I probably could have made this. <laughs> uh, not to the level that Soderbergh can because he has way more experience, of course, and way more resources. But it felt like a film that was so accessible from somebody who wants to make movies and that it like it, this could be shot on a black magic 6k that costs two thousand dollars or less with a couple of lights and a few friends mm -hmm. and that's it like you could totally make this movie in like 12 days or less and have a and have a pretty solid film to show for it so overall i think kimmy's kimmy's good it's entertaining it's fun it's filled with tension it's filled with uh, suspense and some good performances, not necessarily great performances, but it was entertaining. I'll probably watch it again. Yeah, I would agree completely. I th it's a solidly made movie with a couple of big glitches in it, which we can talk about yeah. later. I think that Kravitz does a really nice job playing the part and, mm -hmm. and whether or not she's perfect, she inhabits the character so fully yeah. that it's well realized. I think there's some interesting cinematographic techniques yeah i think there's a lot of interesting thing i'm, I'm yeah. not sure what i want to say i might want to say digital techniques right I, sure i think that may be what's really happening but i think there's some really interesting things i think that the production design is beautiful mm -hmm. um I, and it is definitively a film that is possible to make during covid too totally so yeah. you know you're primarily working in pairs except for a few scenes Everyone's talking on the phone. You have removed all of these challenges of COVID. Like if you can keep yeah. Zoe Kravitz away from people and keep people bubbled and two weeks yeah. worth of uh, uh, quarantined before you start, you can really work this I, through. Without I feel like risk. the most that any character came in contact with other characters like the, is, is towards the end where there's, I think, just like five people in a room. Right. And they're not even all five people in a room in the same time. Right, exactly. Like the same shot. We only right? really see three people together, I think, in any yeah. shot, except for the big crowd scene that takes place uh, outside the FBI FBI's. space or whatever. Yeah. And that's that's that. But yeah, mostly it's these, you know, two-handed moments, mm -hmm. and and a lot of it through um, digital devices. You know, right. Uh, so yeah, very cleverly done. Good thinking. Yeah, absolutely. really good use of. Of the actors too, and I think that was really yeah, it was fun. Uh, let's, I mean, uh, uh, we watched what was that movie we watched that didn't pay? Uh, oh, the last duel didn't pay. Uh, it's you said you said it emitted it emitted its um, uh, Rashomon. Sorry, it right. did not like essentially pay its respects to Rashomon in the way right. it should have. Mm -hmm. Right, um, this movie is very rear window esque. Right. You were telling me about this film before I even watched it and you were like, it's kind of like rear window y vibes. Right. And that's it definitely is, but it does something completely different too. Yeah, I mean it it's it's utilizing the structure of rear window and placing it into a, just a contemporary like a, digital a context. context yeah. And I mean, Brian De Palma does the same thing with blowout. So there's the, hmm. his film Blowout is blowout. sort of to yeah. some extent like rear window, except it uses a different like audio technology is how yeah. that the death is sort of heard hmm. right like it's heard and so there's there's a and i don't think that soderbergh um ignores it at all i mean i think he leans he leans right into right into yeah. it i mean there's there's panning shots that are reminiscent of rear window right where there's being pans mm -hmm. or just quick cuts right into into window frames watching neighbors from across the way 
um yeah i think i mean definitely rear window vibes um one that you know writer david coek coep, coep, yeah, coep yeah um he well, I mean, he's done a lot of crap, right? Like, so he's done, not crap. He's done a lot of really good films, yeah. a lot of action films. Yeah. A good co connection for Soderbergh for this film, but he was definitively thinking about that in the making of this. Right. Like, how do you reframe this story? Rear Window is definitely an inspiration for mm -hmm. this film, right? Like, hey, it, it, it feels like the sort of thing where Soderbergh said, hey, I want to make a film that kind of is Rear Window vibes, uh, but I don't want it to be completely stuck in one room the entire mm -hmm. time. David, can you write me something? Like right. that could be, I mean, just a bouncing off point, right? Mm -hmm. It's COVID. We need to, we need to keep it simple. Um, I think rear window is pretty much a perfect movie. And so it's hard to do something in that sort of style or, or reminiscent of that. Um, but I think Kimmy's a good attempt at it. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it kept me on my toes. I didn't know where they were going a hundred percent at, at any, any given point. Mm -hmm. Um, they just kind of did things. I think everything was motivated. Yeah, I think so. And the technology really does function in a way that uh -huh. makes sense. And, and the technology didn't feel accessible to us. And so we were able to buy into it more than if it was just a girl on her laptop or a girl mm -hmm. on her phone. Yeah. The, I mean, they established a structure very early on in that red herring at the beginning where we think we're learning about how Kimmy works, but we're really meeting the murderer. Like uh -huh. very cleverly sort of played opening sequence to sort of throw us off yeah base but we hear about what angela's gonna have to do it's angela right I'm angela child yeah. yeah that we hear about what she's gonna have to do and then we see her doing it so it makes sense right but she also the other thing they do with technology i thought was really great is there are things that we do with technology that are there so like calling on your laptop yeah um and calling on your phone right transferring things using you know, airdrops, airdrops, like and all Bluetooth of that stuff, all of this thing. Fe yeah. It feels so cleanly, yeah, um, shown, like cleanly right. demonstrated. And then she pulls out a big analog mixer to oh sort of goodness. mix down. Yeah, yeah. and that, for me, that's where the movie's use of technology felt really right. Yeah, because I'm thinking you can't do it with the new tech you have, so we got to go back to the past and use some right. old tech to get it right. And you and I know we she could have done that with DaVinci Resolve, probably. Like you can you, do it with you can, you do, can do what it, you yeah. do with, the, but you'd never do that because right. that an audience would never be able to get that no. information. Yeah. So Sodenberg wisely just takes us from here's things you recognize, yeah. To here's a thing you recognize. Let's. Right. I'm going to explain what happened. Yeah. I'm going to do it in a way that you can digest. It's, it's way more visually interesting to watch somebody turn knobs with their yeah. fingers than drag a mouse. Yep. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, even things like where they're telling Kimmy to shut up while like you accidentally say the name Kimmy. Yep. It happens to me all the time. My TV there will be an Alexa commercial that plays. I know. I'm right watching. Yeah. As I said, I'm watching to see if she turned on. She didn't. I did not have to say Alexa, shut up. Uh. That that thing happens. I laughed out loud the second time they yelled at Kimmy to shut up. Right. Because um, I can't tell you how often I do that throughout my life. It's just a thing. So yeah, I I mean it was it was it was fun. Um. So there was something that you said to me, uh, before I watched the film. You said that there is this. I can't believe they did that moment. That both you and your brother like the glaring to. error. I want to know. I don't think I caught this thing. So I want to know so what. I hope you can explain it to me because it. So I thought this movie. I, I, un, look, unless I did catch it, I was just like, screw it. I'm bought into the film. So Soderbergh's a master of 
these wildly complex interweaved stories, right? Yeah. It's like everyone, it's what makes a heist film work, that every single piece of that puzzle. Right, it's why the Oceans films are great. Right, is either yeah. planted or when we when we learn about it, we are immediately explained why it happened, right? So like uh -huh. this thing happens and then we see a flashback. It's what works in the Suicide Squad when we're like eight minutes earlier and now we get the filled in gap that explains how right, this can right, happen. Right, like, right. And Sodenberg's like really, really good at that. He's good at timey-wimey stuff. He's good at explaining, yeah. like setting us up. He's good at the information that we need to believe that what's happening later in the film doesn't happen. Um, well, Angela goes into the... Um, the company office, right? Yeah. She goes up onto the third floor or fifth floor, thirtieth floor, whatever she is. Uh -huh. She has the meeting, and then she goes to escape, uh -huh. and she and she can't get on the elevator with her ID, mm -hmm. but she can exit one door sure. with her ID. And there's no way there was an accidental one door that was sure. left on because it would have been a full un, like sure. would have been locked out. But she gets out. Yeah. And her ability to get out of that was about a key card. And that felt so inauthentic to the all the setup of the film. Like the the use of the nail gun at the end is planted. Like everything is planted. The fact that she knows how to get upstairs, yeah. everything is planted really well. Yeah. I there is there was no one helping her. The key card. Those are the key card access and the door is the thing. To get you. out. Not any other part of it. I thought it was the fact that they give her a key card, uh -huh. right? means that that key card is our entry in. So when she can't get out in one place, there has to be a reason why she can get out that door. And I missed it if it was there. I don't 100% know uh, why she was able to get out. My immediate thought was that there's a key card access swipe on every floor, including the first floor. One, there's no way those servers are set up on that first floor. No, that was a weird thing. Right. right? But my... My immediate thought was that maybe she's on the, the the main floor, the first floor, and she's able to just tap her key card and get out. But not in the server. Like, but how then did they she went. Get in the but server then room? she went into a server room That's right after the, that, and I was like, I don't know. But I was just like, maybe there was a glitch in the card. Maybe there was something. I, I that's just my chalked, nitpick. I just that is up, my that's biggest. That's great. Nitpick. That's a good nitpick to have. I, I, it was and it, it was so glaring. Sure. Because the rest of it's so tightly constructed, right? Yeah. Like even the guy across the street looking out the window, we don't know who he is, but, but you know he's watching, and, and you get this creepy vibe from him for a bit, right. and then you realize he's actually a really nice guy, but, and as unhealthy and as her, right? Like yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm. I'm going to maybe, once we're done this podcast, I'm going to have to watch that scene again I, just I, to I, see. Because uh, yeah. uh, now, I'm, I, now I'm interested because I know what we saw, right? She goes to the elevator. She swipes the card. Doesn't work. She runs to the stairwell. She swipes her card on one level. Doesn't work. She runs down the stairs, swipes it again. I don't know if it's that one that it works on or if, or if, it's, or if it doesn't work one, right? again. I and think then it's she the goes, third one. Yeah. But no matter what, it's still for me. Like there's And, and there was no like reason. Mm -hmm. So I there we could have had a reason visually even in the space right. we didn't get that reason it may be in on the cutting room floor but right. at an 89 minute film i'm not Feels sure why like it you could be. have kept it in there right 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 yeah i don't know that's that's the glitch yeah. like for me that's the glitch someone answer that's great. that okay that's smaller than what i thought if so if anybody who's listening can answer give us the answer as to why she was able to get in that room that would be great i, I need it to and I like to. this movie. Will that save the movie for you a bit? Like, will it? Well, I, the movie didn't need to be saved. Okay, but, good. Yeah. But certainly, it would. 
it would deal with the fact that there was this glitch in a movie sure. I thought had a, in a very know, tech movie, and it tied up the bows pretty nicely yeah. throughout it. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the movie even goes so far as I mean, this is like super spoilers, right? But at the end, the that neighbor across the street who's been stabbed, we know he lives, and we don't need to see it mm -hmm. because the script lets us know that he's been converted from tragedy to comedy. And the comedy guy can't die. We know that about film. So like we yeah. know he's okay. Yeah. Like the film bu buttons all that up really yeah. well. So the weird thing sitting out of nowhere is, yeah, um, that, that that stuck out. That that I I guess I guess you're right. Yeah, I didn't pick I I did pick up on it, but didn't didn't pick up on it enough for it to be like the thing that I knew you were referencing before yeah. the film. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about or ask you what you thought about Zoe outside of her house. Oh, that camera work was so interesting, so motivated. Mm -hmm. uh, it really felt like uh, there was a few things I was thinking when when watching this. Um, I felt real panic and fear for her uh, because of that camera work. Mm -hmm. I know you loved it because everything was a Dutch angle. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I did. But the second thing that I thought they did was it didn't feel to me like they it didn't feel to me like they got permission to shoot anywhere and that they just went around and, <laughs> and, and, and shot Zoe Kravitz walking through whatever space. Right. Um, although there are uh, like two spots where you can see a Kimmy billboard, but I wasn't sure if that was digitally right, put in right. afterwards. Mm -hmm. uh, so it felt to me like Soderbergh just walked around with a camera and filmed her. The other thing that I thought too, was that it felt like they didn't put any NDs on the, the, the lens to, st to, um, keep the shutter speed the same so there's this cranking of like that's shutter what I speed, say, right and it felt like the movements were the movement was really strange so there's a few things that they did with the camera there that made me feel really uneasy um and i love that she she clung to the walls she would stop when people are walking mm -hmm. by her head is kind of down and like at her feet you know it's how everybody felt everybody who actually was a little bit afraid of covid and getting the the virus mm. it's how everybody felt probably that first week or two and and can maybe continue to feel right uh, especially when you're in crowded places i'm sure that my wife who's upstairs if she watched that scene would 100 percent relate to how she's feeling just from covid granted Angela is an agoraphobe who doesn't want to go outside and we right. see that reference like she doesn't want to do this before the pandemic and then she says COVID kind of you know worsened my 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 uh, issue here right so she was like this beforehand and she was it seemed like she was like this beforehand because of a assault, assault trauma, right, right? Yeah, she doesn't want to go trauma, outside right. um, and which this movie is directly dealing with that as well. Right. And so she is not just conquering this um, going fear of going outside. She's also conquering this fear of uh, post pandemic world. Mm -hmm. And she's conquering this fear of assault. And that's why she's doing what she's, that's why she's acting right for this woman on this woman's behalf. Right. Because of uh, what she faced in her past. And uh, I think that, yeah, I think that all the stuff outside was great. Yeah. It almost felt like the, like the frame rate was different. Like it felt like there was some yeah. kind of alteration. I think it was a, I think it was a shutter speed. Film. I think shutter speed's a great call. It yeah. feels that way, right? It's really interesting. But not by much. Like it's like normally these films are shot at like one over fifty or right. one over forty eight or a hundred eighty degree shutter angle. This feels like they just cranked the shutter speed up to like one over one sixty or something like right. that. Or one over two hundred. Right. So Nothing it's just crazy. a little bit off. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. And Kravitz's 
physicality was so crystal clear, like mm. so well developed and so well inhabited. Yeah. And the, her walking pattern was that like weird short steps that were very flat. Like there was so yep. much interesting acting going on. Yeah. And it matched the camera work, right? But mm. I didn't feel like she was, I felt like the camera, both from Dutch angle and whatever they were doing, I guess with shutter speed makes a lot of sense, were, were mim they were, it was all integrated. It was all working together mm -hmm. really nicely. I thought that was really great. Yeah. Even her outfit. <sighs> I think one, I think her outfit's amazing. I think her the whole costume. The color throughout, pattern. Even just throughout the film, but specifically when she yes. goes outside, the blue hair and the orange hood and the teal jacket. So good. It was so good. I mean. It's really great. Like a very recognizable Production you got across the, the board was great, but yeah. that costume was fantastic. The costume was great. Um, which, uh, you're, you know, you're watching this, I'm like, uh, you, were, you were safe before you went to the office. Now you're leaving the office, you're being tracked down, and you have bright blue hair and an orange hood. Like these, these are the two worst colors you could probably be wearing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you're being tracked. Um, and she is way over her head. She's in way over her head. Absolutely. And I didn't realize how in over her head she was until they drugged her and, like, actually kidnapped her. Right. right. Like that was a that was a pro kidnapping. Kidnapping. Mm -hmm. Um. So that was that was not something I expected. I expected her to be able to get back home, um, and have kind of this. I don't know. I, I figured they'd enter her house at some point, right? But I figured they'd enter while she was home, right? And instead, we get that sense of the the that yeah. she's done, right? That right. things are they're out of right. And they they obviously they took her back home, and so you still end up in the same point, um, at the same spot in the plot, but mm -hmm. uh, just in a different way. So. Yeah, I was. I'm. Hey, I I really liked the. I really enjoyed the film. I I don't think it's a, a perfect movie. I don't think it's an amazing movie. It's it's kind of bordering on this good to great sort of. It's really watchable. Like I it's think very watchable. What you yeah, can say, especially for being under ninety minutes. Right, and Soderbergh like so he's doing the cinematography and directing, and he's right. doing the editing. And maybe that's some COVID-y stuff, but it also means that we're really seeing through his eyes and that helps the thing hang together. Yeah. It really does hold together really yeah, well. Yeah, who is the, uh, the cinematographer is... Is Sim. Oh my gosh. It's Soderbergh, that's what it I'm saying. It is him. Why did I think it was somebody else? Right, like Soderbergh is listed as cinematographer. Why did and I see another name? I thought I saw like somebody named Andrew or something in the credits. So I'm going to check. Are you on IMDb or Letterboxd? I'm on Letterboxd. You should check IMDb. I'm going to check IMDb because I thought um, I saw a different name in the credits. But like it, it, it's an extraordinary Wow, extraordinary yeah, it is him. Okay. That's an amazing accomplishment. And I, and I want to say, I, I wasn't super excited about um, uh, Byron pa Bowers' job and his role yeah but as the movie progressed i sort of figured out where that was going but i loved those two assassins i thought the two yeah. actors playing the assassins yeah. were excellent and uh really good the the main like the guy in charge of those assassins mm -hmm. uh i've seen in jane the virgin if you've if anybody's seen yeah. jane the virgin okay. he plays rahelia which is not a i did not expect this this actor to show up in this film um so that that was fun to watch but yeah, this. I mean, the movie's the movie's good. It's tackling, you know, as well as like telling a good story. It's also tackling issues in the tech industry. Um, it's 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 uh, harping on like the Me Too movement a bit mm -hmm. and, and mentioning that. And it's, um, you know, in in the film, uh, of course, COVID. There's a lot of some social commentary on, right? Uh, what you know, what is the tech industry going? How far will the tech industry go to kind of 
save its skin. It's the same thing that Don't Look Up does, mm-hmm. right? It's like how far will the tech industry go to just make a profit? Yep. Um, that includes murdering people. Yeah, and it certainly becomes, and this is a film about an individual bad person doing the crime, which I like too. I like the fact that she wasn't going up against the institution, although she was. She was. It was, there was a person. But individual people within the institution, right? Exactly. right? It was like these key players within that. And so Kimmy wasn't evil. Right. Kimmy was, in fact, Kimmy's a solution in some ways, right? right? Uh, She's the, she is the example of why you need to hold people accountable right right like you need to hold your bosses accountable you need mm-hmm. to hold the uh, the tech companies that you yeah. you need to hold facebook accountable for right. what they do right it's all of this yep i, know, I agree with all that yeah so i yeah i like it a lot and i think that you know it's on hbo it's probably going to stay on hbo it's something well worth watching do you think that this film is something you want to see in theaters or something you just want to see at home so i don't it's a mo- it there's no reason to see it in theaters I agree. This is why it only released on the internet. Mm-hmm. It only released on streaming. It didn't yeah, hit theaters. There's just no reason. Yeah. I mean, it was sold to HBO, right? So mm-hmm. they sold it as an HBO movie. And I think part of it is it's small and it's not going to make a lot of money right. in a big theater. So here it can pay for its own work and then right. be a permanent, right. you know. And it'll part. get watched. Right. Right. You need something to watch in 90 uh, minutes. and. Yeah. My question for you is, do you think this film still makes sense in 20 years? I think that it will still make sense in 20 years, but by the, at the rate that technology is advancing, that this will be the equivalent of like watching, you know, people use tech in like the 1970s or 80s, right? Like, it's like we don't use, I mean, I guess we do use record players still, but those are only the hipsters. Um, and our brother, my brother-in-law, Rick, who still listens to vinyl stuff. Right. But, uh, you know, it's it's you're gonna have the same, like a like Alexa will advance still. Like Alexa will still mm-hmm. be around in some capacity, probably, right in twenty years. There will be a smart home. There will be a smart idea, home. Right. Like so, this, it this will still make sense, and everybody will still remember COVID, right? Um, in, in a hundred years, I don't. Yeah, it maybe feels, it, like, it, it's the difference between binoculars in rear window which is something that is even if you don't use them isn't that everybody understands binocular well and binocular technology hasn't advanced in a way that we'd see a difference well, the concept is so simple right, right. It just magnifies exactly what you see and the same with audio recording although blowouts issue is it's like audio recording on real real tape like so they but mm-hmm. we still understand audio recording it's interesting to me to think about how our relationship with the kind of interactive nature of something like it, Kimmy. I think it will make sense still because okay, AI good. is only going to I guess get better true. and increase, right? Like everything, everything in the tech world right now is just pointing towards AI in some capacity. And, uh, I think, I think that, yeah, I think it will still make sense. And I think that, uh, tech companies will continue to prove how far they're willing to go to make a profit. And so this, this film may make even more sense in 20 years. If, anybody acts in the way that brad did right if like if you find out in 15 years from now that mark zuckerberg hopefully right. he doesn't has covered up a few murders that he's hit, put a hit on do you know what i mean like yeah. that could be a real thing and then this movie may actually have foreshadowed some yeah, kind of actual go. event oh, in real good life point. Good so point. yeah who knows man yeah so good watch it fun good acting yeah. 
well directed. Definitely worth the ninety minutes. Um, this is a good plane movie. It's this a great is, is a plane, good plane movie. movie. This is a good. This is a good movie if you're stuck on a train. It's a or great. Like, yeah. Yeah, a great movie if you have friends over and you don't know what they like to watch. Right. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Let's move on to uh, our next segment, which is uh, what movie are you looking forward to? I'll let you. We go. need to maybe think of some better names for these segments. Yeah, we do. They're long. We'll take it. Yeah, whatever. They're long. Most anticipated film. Most anticipated That's, film. Uh, that sounds weird. Uh, I have not seen the full trailer yet, but I've seen the. I saw the. I, I I saw the trailer for the trailer, for Jordan Peele's Nope. Right. Um. Based on like the two clips or something that was in that uh that trailer, I one didn't even know he's making a third film. So that was a surprise. But two, both Get Out and Us were so good that anything Jordan Peele does, I'm going to go see. Have you watched the trailer yet? I've watched the whole trailer for okay. it. Um, and I, I, I can't wait. Um, uh, and it feels like he's going to... So Peele's been working with genre, right? Mm-hmm. To talk about social issues. Mm-hmm. And I think he's picked another of these same... He's picked a new genre, and is it not in the horror realm? It it is definitively in the horror realm, but it but Get Out is in a different mm-hmm. genre of horror than so uh, you, have, you have horror as like the genre, and then you have these subgenres, of right? Horror. So you have like this uh, imposter like mm-hmm. torture horror, right? And then you have zombie film horror, right? right. So. Us is really a zombie movie to right. some great, or at least in that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I believe, is that's an, like it's like intruder zombie slasher, right? Sort of film. Exactly. Us, right. right. Well, it, right. It does. Right. But it, the, the whole idea is that there are these people who are yeah inhuman, right? Right. And in in, in there, he's going to deal with all the violence in his own way. But this looks like it's an alien invasion. Oh, film, okay. Yeah. And that's really exciting um, to see where he goes with that. Um, I read someone wrote today on Twitter uh, who would have ever imagined that the guy who was doing like skit comedy right, would Ian become skits, yeah. one of our greatest filmmakers. And yeah. and that, I think that's really cool. So yeah, I'm, I think Nope is absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so my anticipated is going to sound strange because it's another one of these releases around the Super Bowl that DC released this Heroes compilation. Mm. And I got to say, they played the Flash Flashpoint. It looks like it could be worth watching. Like It mm. looks like it could be an exciting thing to watch. Um, I like Ezra Miller. I like yeah. his Flash. He's been underserved painfully yeah. over and over and over again. Um. Uh, and I think I, I, I have a feeling we may get the film we need from this. So I'm excited about that. And there are, insanely, mm. there's Batman, Black Adam, Flash, and Aquaman. There are four DC films Jeez. in 2022. How many of them are actually connected to one another in like a universe? So, I, I, Well, one is definitely not because the Batman's one of them, right? Right. Uh, wait, did I, have, did I have five then? Maybe it's five. That uh, I Aquaman has to be connected in some way to the rest, or not. So I don't know. I'm going to say Black Adam <laughs> yeah. has to be connected or not. Flash, if it isn't connected, it's insane because it's all about connectivity. Is so Flash is our DC multiverse of madness. Yes, That's right, right, is. right. Is is Shazam 
connected to any of those other Black films. Adam. That's what I was thinking. Shazam was connected to Black Adam. And we're getting another Shazam film. Right. But uh, Shazam is connected to Black Adam. Okay. Uh, so that's there. Um, I'm interested to see how that plays. I'm just interested to see what they do with that. But I'm much more interested in the Flash film. I think it could be the one that is the DC film that I won't be unhappy watching. Sure. And I don't count the Batman as a DC film. I understand it's Batman part of Batman feels thing. like something that is just completely, completely separate from separate, DC, right? Except like, for Affleck. Right. Who's definitely in whatever Who's definitely in whatever DC universe. But like, I don't think of Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy it's, as being a part of a DC umbrella. Agreed. agreed. It's just a, a cinematic piece of work. Batman storytelling. It's yeah. Batman, mm-hmm. right? Batman yeah. could... Batman could leave DC altogether and just be Batman and it would be fine. It would still succeed. Agreed. Agreed so, completely. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I am very much looking forward to the Batman and we'll see what Flash does and, you know, all yeah. these other films too. And yeah. there's supposedly going to be another Joker film. So yeah. that's ridiculous. I don't know what they do with that, but that's that, ridiculous. That seems interesting. So anyway, there we go. Great. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Racking Focus podcast. We would love it if you guys could connect with us. Uh, so head to rackingfocuspodcast.com to find out all of our social channels. You can read some blogs over there. And we'd also love to uh, to know what you guys are watching, what you guys would maybe recommend for us to see as well. So if you guys want to be featured on the podcast, you can actually send us your recommendations. Tell us a movie that you think we should watch or a movie that you're watching that you'd recommend and tell us why. We'd love to know and feature you in a future episode of the podcast. Remember, you can find us on Letterboxd and if you want to find out what we're watching or what we have watched in the past that we just vomit out as we're slowly trying to catch up with our (laughs) wild history of filmmaking, uh, it's great. It's a great social platform to talk about film and to see people's sort of thoughts about films and to get suggestions. So if you want to find us there, that'd be wonderful as well. So please uh, come on, join Letterboxd. Yeah, links are in the description to both of our accounts. Other than that, anything else to add, John? No, I'm excited for Uncharted this week, uh, which you people will hear in the future. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what else we're watching at that time too. Great. Uh, We'll see you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.